And welcome back to Tiger Talk again on a uh, Wednesday night. Our final Tiger Talk of this winter sports season. We'll come back uh, again in uh, mid-August and uh, get things fired back up. But we got a couple of segments left to do. And uh, a little bit later on, we're going to talk actually baseball. We'll talk a spring sport as uh, we'll have Nevada Tiger at baseball coach Danny Penn come in as they've got spring practice underway a couple of days ago. And uh, we'll get a chance to talk to him about his squad. Our baseball broadcast schedule actually begins at Clinton on the 24th of March. So it's coming up, uh, well, just a little less than three weeks from now. So and they've got a spring break to work around next week to get ready, as do the other spring sports. But right now, we turn our attention to uh, boys basketball. Head coach Sean Gray, of course, as you you probably know by now if you're listening to the program you're certainly well aware that uh, the Nevada Tigers had their season come to an end last night in the uh, district semifinals uh, dropping the decision to the Ruskin Golden Eagle Eagles 77 to 63 and uh, we're going to go back and talk about each ball game obviously Sean uh, your game on Saturday and we're going to touch on center your regular season finale here in a second but uh, just to kind of kick things off there's always that uh, finality whenever the season comes on in. And uh, as we talked about, only only one team in each class in Missouri ends their season with a win. And uh, fortunately, that's not going to be Nevada this year. But uh, uh, you know, it's it's always difficult when that, that buzzer sounds and, and you know it's done, I'm sure. It is. And, and like you said, pretty much pretty much every team in the state knows that that moment will come where, where your season has ended for you uh, earlier than you would have liked. And uh, even though you know that it's it's somewhat inevitable, it's it's still you, you just you pour so much into it as players as coaches um, that when it does finally come to an end, it it, it hits hard. Um, and you know what we talked about with our guys is is the reason it hurts so much is because it meant so much to us. And uh, this was definitely a group of young men that meant a lot to each other, uh, to the coaching staff. And uh, you know it it, it was a it was it was a hard night for us, but uh, you know, looking back today, really appreciative of the season that we had. We're going uh, to talk about the Ruskin game here in just a moment. Let's go back. Uh, it's just easiest to go chronologically. We need to wrap up the regular season first of all. That was last Thursday. You got win number uh, twenty-one uh, with a forty-four, a uh, forty-five, forty-two win over the uh, center uh, Yellow Jackets. Hard-fought uh, victory. They tried to come back in the fourth quarter of play after you had a nine-point lead going to the final period. But again, as we talked about, a, a good game for you to kind of try to build momentum going to district play, see an athletic team like you knew we were going to see, like last night against Ruskin. So maybe a lower score game than maybe a lot of people thought it would be. But, again, I know you wanted that by design. Yeah, our guys did a fantastic job, Mike, of making it a slower-paced game. And uh, like you said, we knew it would be a little bit of a prep for district play, uh, the athleticism that center brings to the table. And our guys were able to, to limit transition uh, against center and then really center was so big and physical inside uh we did a, a really a good job of keeping the ball out of the post and then of rebounding in there and then it, it helps the fact that uh center really uh for most of the season only had one guy uh maxi number 11 who was a proven outside shooter um and and whenever you only have to worry about the one guy on the perimeter you're able to to dedicate more attention on the inside uh Really, really a great effort from our guys in a tough environment on the road, and uh, that was really a good win for us. Dog game at 25 points in the game. Logan Applegate was 17, and uh, all but three of the points scored by those two. Kind of became a theme, actually, here towards the end of the end of the season for the Nevada Tigers. We'll talk about that again in a second. But that end of the regular season, 
And uh, Nevada finishing up at 21-3, and certainly an outstanding regular season, but then moved into right into Class 4, District 13, first-round play on uh, Saturday against Pleasant Hill. 63-52, Nevada gets the win, but again, if people, if people didn't uh, see that game, I mean, I realize how hard uh, that game was to get a handle on. Uh, Pleasant Hill came out and played a very good first half. They sure did, and you know, Jagger Lawler, their point guard, a heck of a player, made three threes in the first quarter, and uh, a couple of those were tough. And then, you know, I think we, did, we didn't we did do as good a job. I, I don't know that we realized how tough he was to guard early, um, but we did finally realize that, and I thought, uh, especially after halftime, our group's defensive intensity picked up. That defensive intensity led to some turnovers, led to some four shots, and then that defense was able to lead to offense for us in the third quarter, uh, which is really kind of where we uh, where we were able to pull away. And Nevada got good scoring efforts again. Logan Applegate with 28, Dalton Game at 22. A little more scoring this time from Nevada with Logan McNeely with six and Lane with four. And uh, Matthew Thorpe with uh, three points of his own in that game. But uh, you were down five at the half, but come out and outscore them 20-6 to six in the third quarter. And it really kind of obviously propelled you to that victory. So, uh, I guess, what was the message at halftime? And what did you get executed in the third quarter that uh, gave you the opportunity to get that W? Two things. First, some things happened on the offensive end of the floor in the first half that frustrated us. Some wide-open shots that we did not convert. Uh, some some plays where we thought the whistle should have blown and it didn't that led to either misses or turnovers. And we were allowing that frustration on the offensive end uh, to, to take us out of our defensive game. We weren't sprinting back the way that we should have. We weren't locked in defensively talking to each other. We were kind of in our own heads on the defensive end of the floor. So uh, really we wanted in the second half – to just defend and just to defend our tails off and know that if we defend the way we're capable of, the offense will come, uh, not to get frustrated on the offensive end, to just keep running our stuff and good things would happen. Our guys did a great job of doing both of those things in the second half. Almost became a battle between Applegate and Lawler along the way. Not that they were always guarding each other, but uh, because at one point you had Dalton at 6'6 out there guarding Lawler, and he still shot it over him from mm-hmm. 25 feet and, and switched to three. But it was uh, sort of entertaining to watch those two go back and forth in their scoring column. It was a good battle between those two, and uh, he's quick. He comes off screens well, so we, we finally started just switching everything to where – we didn't care if it was a bigger guy like Dalton on him. And Dalton can guard guys out on the perimeter. But, you know, as we've seen with guys like Applegate and Dalton, some players, they get in the zone, they're feeling it. If they get a look at the basket, it's got a good chance to go in. And then that's that's definitely the zone that Lawler was in. Uh, Applegate there for a while was in that zone. And then Dalton had a good second half for us. We were able to, to – we finally got to where we were able to move their interior defense a little bit to get Dalton some uh, some opportunities uh, to score as well. And then he, he finished fourth good in the fourth quarter. And he did, 22 points for a game. And in that ball game, Nevada moving on to the district semifinals last night against the uh, Golden Eagles of Ruskin High School out of Kansas City. Two state-ranked teams. Ruskin was ranked number nine, Nevada number 10. Both over 20 wins on the season. Again, we've talked about in the past, uh, over the last couple of weeks, this district with three state-ranked teams in it, incredibly difficult district. And, uh, and as you said, this was really a state tournament game that uh, ended up uh, being played in a district semifinal. And Ruskin uh, wins at 77-63. to 63. And uh, But again, the final score really doesn't show how competitive the game turned out to be, especially in the second half when you decreased an 18-point deficit down to six at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, this group, 
and it comes as no surprise to anyone that's followed them, uh, we were able to to just continue to battle, fight uh, to the very, very end. And, um, you know, these guys, they believed that we had a chance to get back in and win it uh, up, up, you know, until the final final 15 or 20 seconds. And, uh, you know, Ruskin's a team who's relied so much on their athleticism throughout the year. We really felt like if we could negate some of that inside game and some of that transition game, that it was a game we could win. And uh, unfortunately, Mike, the transition game was was really strong for them. And then offensive rebounding, it's, it is impossible to, to simulate in practice the type of athlete that they had coming to the glass. And then it's also tough when you've played a, a style of basketball all year long where certain bumps and pushes and, and, and things around the basket on a rebound have been fouls all year long. And then to get to the postseason, and even in the Pleasant Hill game it was like this, to get to the postseason and things to be allowed, the the, the knocking, pushing, and shoving, uh, it, it's hard to adjust to. And, and uh, it really benefits a team that plays a certain style. Ruskin plays that style. And, uh, you know, unfortunately we weren't able to adjust. And uh, I do think the officiating was the same at both mm-hmm. ends. We were allowed to play at both ends. It was allowed to be physical at both ends. Um, and at the end of the day, they were the more physical team. Offensive rebounding and transition uh, is what, what really did us in. And then guys like uh, Moore, number four, and Banks, number 32, hitting shots from the perimeter, which wasn't something that was a strength of theirs. You combine all that stuff, and it was just too much of a mountain to overcome. And I made the remark on radio, I mean, it's just kind of like uh, uh, I looked up and there's two minutes left in the first half, and it just kind of struck me. There's been three fouls called in this first half. We had two, they had one. And as intense as that first half was, uh, up and down the court, it was amazing that there were only three fouls called, but maybe that was because of just running up and down the court, I guess. But, uh, again, Applegate 33, game in 27, scored 60 of your 63 points last night. Again, the, the two of them put the team on their back and, uh, and about got it done. They're a dynamic duo, and and, and as fun a, a pair to watch play as as we've seen in a long time, or as, as you'll find in the area. And uh, we talked about that before the game that that those two on any given night have, have, have really helped carry us offensively, uh, and that we would need that again from them. And 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 they did, and and both of them showed why that why they are considered two of the top players in the area. You know, Logan McNeely hit a big three for us. Uh, just they're just Ruskin did not allow a lot of opportunities for our role players to get some of the scoring looks that we typically get from from them because all season long guys like Logan Lane Noah Thorpe when he's in the game they've been able to chip in at times here and there you know Logan and Lane great three point shooters you get to this point in the year you have the type of athlete that Ruskin has they know going in that that, that for instance a Logan McNeely is a good perimeter shooter so. They can dedicate the other four guys to trying to stop Logan and or Logan Applegate and Dalton, and shade out to him, and, and he just didn't get a ton of open looks. And uh, you know, hats off to Logan and Dalton for playing as hard as they played, because I mean, people don't realize how physical that game was, and and how exhausted they had to have been without getting a single single substitution. And we we tried to use some timeouts to 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 let them catch their breath, but. Really proud of their efforts. Guys that didn't end up in the scoring column battled and played their tails off as well. And, and there's a lot more that goes into it than just scoring. But, you know, you, you take a Noah Chaney, for instance, who 
everybody saw got his nose bloodied and uh, that's the type of thing he brings to the table that physical scrappy presence Matthew Thorpe battled underneath um, Logan played hard all night defensively against bigger guys Grant Miller gave us good minutes so uh, really really proud of the effort in this game from those guys in a, in a super physical contest I wonder, and you know, when you, since you play a lot now in Southwest Missouri, but we because of our geography, you end up playing in Kansas City a lot, especially in district play. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, the teams you play against down south have a real appreciation for when you have to go to Kansas City, which uh, play play a different style of basketball. There's no doubt about it. And and, it, and I wonder if they have an appreciation for what you have to do when you have to go up north in district play. I've talked to two other coaches this morning that reached out and just congratulating us on a fine season and and they did make the comments that it's a it's a different type of basketball and it's tough to be expected to play a, a different style like that and uh you know that's one thing that we as a coaching staff we as a program I think uh really have to be aware of and and while it's tough because mission now you don't know until when the season mm-hmm. basically gets there what you're going to have to prepare prepare for you know it's something that, that we need to just I think maybe halfway expect from here on out and uh, help get our guys ready for that in the future yeah as long as uh, no, I guess nobody as long as nobody in southwest Missouri down around district 12 wherever drops enrollment or increases enrollment I guess that's just the way it's going to be for the time being so yeah like you say you have to kind of get used to it but I tell you the first half even though I know you wanted to slow them down that first half was about as entertaining as it could get. I mean, the two teams kind of trading blows there a little bit, and uh, Dalton Gaiman and uh, Tavion Banks had their little personal battle going on and, and trying to get a dunking contest going, and uh, it was impressive. Uh, but uh, it was uh, it was an entertaining first half, certainly, to watch. And then second half, because your comeback. Right. It was, it was a, an exciting first half. And, you know, again, it, it's, it's, it's so hard to prepare for their speed and transition. And, We've played really athletic teams this year who we knew were good in transition, and we were able to to limit that and get guys back. Mm-hmm. Just last night, weren't able to do it. And then I don't have the stats in front of me, but Coach Talley sent those to me, uh, the preliminary report this morning, and 20 or 22 offensive rebounds. And, and a lot of those first-half buckets, it seemed like, came on second or third opportunities. Um, and sometimes when you're in a zone that's packed in, you think you've got everybody boxed out. We forced them to take several perimeter shots. Those perimeter shots, it seemed like, came out to the to those guys who we weren't mm-hmm. able to get boxed out at times. And you know, I, I think our guys. I think that's a Ruskin team that if if we were to to play them home and away, and, and you know, you, we were to get them, you know, on our home floor where it was called a little bit differently. You know, that I think that that's a that's a team we could beat. But uh, really, really was an exciting first half. And then in the second half, like you said. To, to get down pretty big like we did and then battle back was, was an effort we were really proud of. Well, certainly the crowd enjoyed it. It was a full house there in Harrisonville last night. Uh, both uh, sides were were uh, certainly into the ball game last night. It was a loud – I don't know if that gym, it just holds noise or what. It is one loud gym there at Harrisonville, and it was kind of accentuated uh, last night. Unfortunately, Lane McNeely couldn't be a part of it. Uh, he was uh, homesick and – Again, condolences to that to the McNeely family, certainly in this week. They're going through a lot. And uh, I know Lane uh, had to be devastating for him not to be able to play last night. Yeah, I mean, we as much as it, we wanted him there and it hurt us not to have him there, it almost hurts you more for the young man knowing uh, how gut-wrenching that had to be to, to, to listen and watch uh, and not be able to be there with your teammates and – Lane's a fine young man, uh, was our Patrick Quest Award winner last year for the embodiment of what it means to be an Nevada Tiger. And 
Um, you know, just played with so much heart and 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 plays such a hard nosed brand of basketball that that was a style of game he would have excelled in. And and uh, you know, we really, really, really uh, missed him, and 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 our hearts were with him. And uh, you know, he had he had good things to say after the game, and he's excited to kind of take some of that uh, pent up uh, maybe frustration or energy. <laughs> from not being able to be there last night and to dedicate that into the offseason and to, 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 to really be a big-time player for us next year. Well, it'll be Ruskin and Grandview uh, playing in the championship game in Class 4 District 13 tomorrow night at Harrisville after the Nevada Lady Tiger game. Uh, and it's just it'll be an interesting game between those two. And Grandview, actually, you know a lot more about Grandview than I do, but Grandview seems to be more of a set offense type of ball club than some of the teams like the Centers and the, the Ruskins that we've just seen. And so it's going to be a little bit of a contrasting style again tomorrow night in that championship game with uh, Grandview, of course, their pedigree, uh, two-time defending state champions. Ruskin trying to knock them off. Should be a heck of a battle tomorrow night. It will be a heck of a battle. And, you know, Grandview has Taj Manning, who's just a sophomore, but at 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, and, and a future Division One player. And then the coach's son, Reggie Morris, who's a, just a floor general, a great shooter, uh, I think he's got some interest at the Division One level as well. Uh, you know, Grandview <coughs> does not necessarily look to get out and run as fast as Ruskin does, but Grandview's defensive pressure, their their trapping style, where in the half court where they just get after you and suffocate you, they don't necessarily allow you to run your half court offense. And then when they get the ball and they do run the half court sets, where they just get great shot after great shot. It will be interesting to see how Ruskin uh, adjusts to that. And then on the flip side, it will be interesting to see if, if Ruskin is able, as they've been able to all year long and as they were able to against us, if they're able to get out and run. And, and uh, you know, first and foremost, hopefully there's a big crowd up there to watch our girls. And our girls are a great basketball team to watch, and we'd love to see them bring home the district championship. And then I would say it would be worth sticking around to watch that boys game for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Grandview's playing both uh, championship games, so they're going to bring a good crowd, obviously. They'll have to do what Nevada did last night, flip stands, though, <laughs> for the second game between the home and visitor situation. But uh, uh, wrapped up this replay for the Nevada Tigers last night. And uh, now it's start to look forward. But before that, do look backwards a little bit. All Big A Conference, all Big A West Conference selections were announced uh, earlier today. And as expected, Nevada Tigers did well including the unanimous uh, player of the year in Dalton Gaiman. Of course, first-team selection with that. Logan Applegate, also a first-team. And then the McNeely's, also all-conference selections. Uh, Logan on the second team, Lane on the third team. And uh, obviously fared well in the all-conference selections. Four-year five-starters are there. We did, and, and we felt like those guys were all very deserving of the of the accolades, the honors that they received. Um, and – each and every one of those guys would tell you, and a couple of them actually, whenever I told them, it was almost it was, it was thanks, but they would have traded any honor for our season still continuing. They would have traded, you know, those honors for uh, having not dropped that East Newton game and been, being the outright uh, Big Eight West champs. Uh, it's just a group of young men that don't care a lot about those individual honors. That being said. Our program, our high school, our community, uh, you know, should laud them for their seasons that they had. And it, it's nice to see them recognized because 
uh, all the hard work those guys have put in. They really do deserve it. Well, Nevada getting those, and there'll be more to come. We still have uh, all district, all region, all state still to, to wait to see what happens with that. So there'll be more, certainly more honors coming down for the Nevada Tigers that we'll keep an eye on as well. Uh, well, okay, so the season ends. We've talked a lot about the, the seniors after senior night and all that, uh, but just to kind of uh, put a bow on that, uh, those four seniors, obviously a big, and it's true every year, but certainly more years. Some years are worse than others, I guess, and that may be the right word, but uh, at least more pronounced than others. Uh, but certainly uh, a big hole that will be left that will have to be filled. Absolutely. Uh, Dalton's a four-year varsity player. Um, Noah and, and Matthew and Grant, uh, two, two-plus-ish years at the varsity level. Um, I looked it up this morning. Over their four years in our program, um, I, we won 80, maybe 84 off the top of my head games. Um, they've, they were all a, they've been a big part of, of our successes the last four years. They're young men that have have matured so much, and, and, and as much as we will miss what they bring to the basketball floor, we're going to miss who they are as, as people. And we can look at who they are and, and know that – they're on to do really, really good things. They're going to succeed, and they're going to be really good members of a community. Uh, they're going to be good husbands, good fathers. Uh, they're going to live their life the right way, and and that's not because of being a part of our basketball program, but it's it's because of the commitment that they make in their life uh, to approach things the way they should be approached. And I think all young men go through a maturing process, and we've seen that with all four of these guys. And it's it's been really, really good to see uh, kind of their journey and their process. And even though they won't be with us on the court anymore, uh, we'll still follow them, and they'll still be a part of our uh, basketball family. And uh, uh, we're we're really going to miss them. And uh, they're certainly not done with athletics uh, as of yet. I'm trying to think off the top of my head: Dalton baseball, Grant's baseball, Noah's baseball. Uh, who am I leaving out? I'm just uh, Matthew. Uh, does he do track? There's, there, there is talk of track and baseball amongst the four of those mm-hmm. guys. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think you'll, 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 you should probably see at least three or four of them either on the track or on the baseball diamond, right. based on the conversations I've, I've, <laughs> I've heard uh, recently. And, and, and they, they were encouraged, as all Nevada Tiger basketballers are, to go out for spring and fall sports, be multi-sport athletes, and, and help. Uh, give back to your high school, help those other programs, and then you in turn end up getting a lot out of it as well. So hopefully uh, all of our guys in our program are competing and uh, hopefully those four guys as well. All right, we'll look forward to their futures as they come up. But, of course, uh, when you talk about guys leaving, that means you got you got to talk about the, the players that are coming up. And uh, I'm sure you've already spent a lot of time thinking about, okay, how do I not see a boxing one defense every night next year with Logan Applegate? And uh, uh, obviously the scoring pace is going to pick up from others. There's no doubt about it. So I'm sure you'll be spending a lot of your time uh, thinking about that during the offseason. There have already been conversations amongst mostly those three guys that, that were in the starting lineup, Applegate, uh, Logan McNeely, and Lane McNeely, about – uh, I think Lane is the one that said it last night, unfinished business. And uh, there's no doubt these guys want uh, to just maintain the level of excellence and success that our teams have had over the last several years. And and the way they approach the game uh, and, and the talent that they have, there's no reason that won't continue. And, you know, Logan Applegate's the kind of kid that I don't think it's going to matter what defense you throw at us. He's going to lead this team and he's going to have 
a, a big time season for us next year. And then Logan and Lane are they really really thrived in their role this season. They they were good shooters for us, good defenders. They've got more to their game than I think what sometimes meets the eye, and I think that they'll step up. They're both capable of of, of helping us score, being big time defenders, and we really like our young guys' work ethic, uh, their coachability. Um, we've got a couple guys who maybe weren't in the program this year that, that we think are probably pretty interested in coming out and being a part of things as well. So you couple our three returning starters, the youth in the program that, that we really are excited about their development with, any additions that we make, and, and uh, we feel like it's it's going to be another great season next year. And it all starts with the off-season work. We've had programs and players who have year after year put in a lot of work in the off-season with the leadership of Logan, Logan, and Lane, uh, that will be no different uh, this year, and, and we're excited for it. Look forward to it, and uh, we'll come back and certainly talk about it uh, again next winter as we get ready for the uh, basketball season, which always seems to, you know, as the older I get, the quicker it seems to come around. So we'll look forward to that uh, coming up uh, again next uh, next fall, after, of course, after the fall sports season as we close out uh, our Tiger Talks this year. Thank you very much for all the time, Sean. Uh, so it's always a pleasure to talk to you both uh, here and on the road and uh, in the studio or we're in a gym somewhere and appreciate it very much uh, again as I always tell people they don't realize how much time it takes not only for your coaching duties that you already have then that add time that I asked for uh, it's, it's very very much appreciated well Mike we appreciate you and it never gets old saying this you are the best <laughs> in what you do and, and we're very very lucky to have that and um, when you deal with different people all the time sometimes it's an obligation that never feels that way interacting with you. It's, it's, it's something that, that I enjoy getting to do and that's because of who you are and the way you do your job. So, uh, mm-hmm. It's been a, it's been Thanks. fun, and uh, we're, 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 we'll look forward to it again next year. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I'll see you there at Harrisonville tomorrow night, and I'm sure I'll see you at the Ball of Diamond this spring. Yep, will do. Thanks, Mike. All right, it's Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray, and we come back. Speaking of baseball, uh, since we're wrapping up the uh, the winter uh, sports Tiger Talks, and uh, I'll be honest with you, we're scheduled to have John McNeely on the program tonight, as we normally do, uh, the athletic director, but uh, because of his family obligations this week, uh, obviously, understandably, we uh, canceled that interview, and so stepping in will be an evaded Tiger Head baseball coach, Danny Penn will get a preview of the Tiger baseball season after this timeout on Tiger Talk.